Good morning. It's lovely to see so many of you, and it's nice that you're all spread out, because yesterday, if those of you that were here yesterday, everyone sat like in a line around the back. It was a bit weird, but obviously, we smell a bit better today, or I smell a bit better today. Anna wasn't here yesterday, I can't speak for you. Um, Okay, so, welcome to the prayer space stream. It's really good to see you. Um, Some of you here yesterday hearing Brian Heasley who you'll have seen on the main stage last night as well and he was speaking to us on the subject of prayer he was great if you didn't get time to come yesterday morning I would recommend you tune in online it was recorded Um, and he checked to us about finding our what is our garden space our space where we can connect with God and commune with God he gave us loads of practical tips for praying Um, and he touched a little bit towards the end of his seminar on what it is to have a two-way conversation with God. And he talked about a story about hearing the <clears throat> of God. Okay, so we're going to elaborate on that a little bit more today. And we're going to, that's why you're here. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to hear from God and chat to God. Um, and we're going to do it a bit different. Rather than just Anna talking at you, we're going to do it a bit interview style. So um, this lady here, the beautiful Anna Goodman, is going to be interviewed by myself. Um, and she's going to tell us a bit of her story. Um, but before we get into the meaty bit, I thought it'd be good to find out a bit about Anna. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, your family, that sort of stuff? Good morning. Um, my name is Anna Gibbon. And my um, family is actually sitting right in the <laughs> centre. And my team Anna. Uh, so my husband, Rafe and Finn. Um, we live in Cambridge. Daniel leads the church there. Um, and yeah, we've been there for about 20 years now. Um, I, my father is a uh, tropical forester. So that meant that um, I traveled around a lot when I was younger. I was born in Honduras and then moved to um, Nepal and then to Belgium and then to Barbados and then to England and then Scotland and so moved all over the place. Um, So I feel like even though I might sound very British, I've got an international heart. I love the nations. Um, I feel like I'm a person of the world. I love love the world. Um, I came back to the UK while my parents were still in Barbados to do my A-levels and um, then I did a neuroscience degree. Uh, So that's the study of the brain and nervous system. And then I went to Scotland and, um, no, that was in Scotland, St. Andrews. Um, And then I came to Cambridge to do a PhD, Uh, did that for three years. And then I did postdoc work after that for another four years, five years. Um, Then had my kids um, and uh, sort of gave all of that up to look after my family and sort of just felt like what God was asking me to do so that's kind of a little bit of a snapshot I think yeah anyone else feeling slightly inferior and intimidated she's a very clever lady but I'm gonna do my best to come across as an intellectual at the same time (laughs) okay so before we get going I want to ask you some would you rather questions just because I thought it'd be fun um so would you rather Anna go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? The past, I think. Is that all you want? Just one word answer? 
Yeah, just curious as to where I came from. Yeah, past. Would you rather have more time or more money? Oh. Money. <laughs> and would you rather, oh, two more. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life? Neither. Oh, you got a one? Oh. Um, pause, I think. Then you'd be sitting here with me for a long time. I understand why you chose that. Would you, would you rather be able to talk to animals or to speak all foreign languages? Surely this is a no-brainer. Animals. Yeah? No? Is that genuine? No, I'm genuinely, I'd love to speak to animals. Oh, my word. Put your hand up if you'd rather speak to animals. Right, put your hands down. Put your hands up if you'd rather speak all languages. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay, cool. And um, just one more thing before we get going. I, I've noticed, Anna, you're wearing a very beautiful T-shirt this morning. It's really lovely. Anyone else like Anna's T-shirt? It's very lovely, isn't it? Oh, there's another one in the room I see too. Would you like to just stand up and do a little twirl? Beautiful T-shirt, very nice. Um, the reason I'm asking Anna about these is because you need to know about these T-shirts. Anna, tell us a little bit about this T-shirt. <laughs> so sorry. Um, I've been designing T-shirts. Um, like my, my husband's background is graphic design, and he would probably be like, that's not really designing. You're just putting words on T-shirts. Um, but um, I've been designing. Um, no, in the, I've just been feeling like um, I want to give Christians a voice to not only speak with, with their mouths, but also with their clothing. And God cares about the clothes that we wear. He cares about everything. And um, I think, you know, I, I feel like there are certain words that I think I would like and other people would like to sort of share with the world around them about sort of an alternative narrative to the one that the world speaks. So um, warrior isn't like, you know, it's more like a, a spiritual warfare. You know, I'm a warrior against like Satan and all that he's doing rather than a generic, you know, warrior or whatever. But um, yeah, they've, so all of these t-shirts have got different words that are just supposed to be making people think. Um, conversation starters, they're uh, hopefully a bit prophetic in what they are. Um, and I have a website, um, they're not going to remember it, but, you know, Olivia Goida, you can write that down if you want to, if you check them out. But yeah, that's what I'm doing. T-shirts, they're good fun. Olivia Goida, write it down, check them out, they're very cool. Okay, we're going to get going with some what you're really here for. So can you tell us, Anna, a little bit about like your journey of faith? Yes. Um, I was brought up in a... Catholic charismatic uh, family. Both my parents believed um, in God, raised me in that family, raised me to sort of read the Bible, to know about the Trinity. Um, they were filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues. Um, and so I, I grew up, I would say I can't even remember a time when I didn't know who Jesus was, didn't love him. But at eight years old it's probably the first time I felt like God actually spoke to me in a way that I just knew it was God um, and by speaking I mean that a fully formed sentence came into my mind um, that I just knew wasn't from me um, and I was at age eight I was reading my bible at the time um, and it was very simple it he basically 
it was, you are my child, you are my beloved one, and I've called you to serve me. Um, and I just knew at that time this was God. Um, and I ran into my parents' room and sort of said, God's just spoken to me. This is amazing. He does speak. Um, but from a very, very young age, I knew I am God's child. Like, it was an identity thing. I am the daughter of God. That's amazing. I am his child. Um, I'm his beloved one. I'm loved. He loves me. I'm his child, and he loves me. Um, and then off the back of that, and I've, you know, called you to serve me. And so it wasn't the other way around of, I've called you to serve me, and then you are loved, and you're my child. It's sort of like the identity first came of, you are a child of God, you are loved, and I've called you to serve me. So I'm not earning this position. I'm not earning this relationship with God. It was kind of, this is who I am. And from that place, um, this is what I'll do certain things. So at age eight really felt like, yeah, that was, I knew God was real, that he was a talking God, um, that he loved me as his child. Um, I'll take their applause for that. Um, uh, but then I think when I went, went the, the services that I went to, they called them masses in those days um, because they were Catholic. Um, they were very sort of predictable in how they were written out. You know, it was, it was all on a sheet of paper. And um, I, I could at one point recite exactly what I was going to say and exactly what the priest was going to say. Um, and in the whole of everything, there was no sort of um, spontaneous nature of the services. And I... When I went to university, I got to this point where I just said, you know, God, I believe that you're real. I believe that you speak, but something feels like it's missing. Something feels like I feel like there's a dryness, an emptiness that um, is there. And I'm surprised by this. And, you know, there's there's lots here at a university that's sort of, um, you know, very enticing and appealing. But, you know... I want to choose you, but also things seem very, very dry. Um, then I went to, uh, I tried out a different church. A friend of mine invited me to a sort of charismatic church. And there I saw people who were, it was a very different service. Um, and I, at first I just didn't know what to make of it. You know, like this isn't, where's the script? Where's what's going to happen next? And this all feels a bit like strange and unpredictable. Um, and uh but I knew that there was something about what they had that I was missing, and I wanted it, and I was hungry for it. Um, and then someone prayed for me at this one particular evening, and um, I felt God's power in such a strong way that I fell to the floor and sort of just started to shake um, for a long time and was crying. Uh, and it was it was the power of God touching me. And it felt like I was being electrocuted, but not in a painful way. Um, and I just knew I was studying psychology and biology as part of my neuroscience degree. And at the time I'd sort of been seeing all of these people in these churches behaving in a certain way. And I was thinking, is this like crowd hysteria? Like, is this just like, you know, they're working themselves into this frenzy or is this real? And then had something similar experiencing that for myself and I just knew this is real I was shaking on the floor but trying really hard to stop it I was like is this all in my head you know I mean, can I control this but I couldn't and it was just God's way of sort of saying you know I am real and I would call that the, the first time I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit um even though I'd been a Christian for a long time, that was when I was, I would say, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that completely changed things for me. Um, the way I could sort of use, uh, in terms of an analogy, it's like thinking that life is black and white and then suddenly seeing color. 
like HD color. Um, because previously I'd been reading my Bible and been doing it like I need to do this, I should do this. I'm reading it, not feeling you know that excited about this, but kind of I'll do it. To loving my Bible, wanting to sort of devour it and be like, wow, this is amazing, and just being so hungry for it and feeling like um, you know I was hearing God's voice for other people and praying for people and seeing them get better. Um, so for me, it just totally changed. Um, how how my relationship with God was. It suddenly felt really personal, really alive, really real, um, and that was that was huge um, for me um, in that particular moment in time. And then I mentioned that I went to um, did my PhD and all of that afterwards, and then felt God say, sort of give it, give everything up, give it give it back to me. And part of that I think was God was working on my identity again, and sort of. In, in that time, I felt like God say, you know, people will know you as Finn and Ray's mum or Daniel's wife. Um, no one will know your name, but I do, and that's what matters. And, you know, names after your, like, PhD-type names, uh, w- letters after your name, don't, don't qualify you. I qualify you, and you will have no salary because, you know, money doesn't determine your worth. I determine your worth. Um, and so it was, it was lots of lessons where he was stripping away identity that had become part of me that I didn't realize had, was part of me and sort of telling me, you know, the truth of who I was um, in him. Um, and it was, it was also that, that during that time, which still exists, um, it was just sort of he was like, I'm, I want to teach you how to hear my voice. And it's often from a place of hiddenness that God does lots of his deep, deep training. So it's from this place of just looking after my family and doing all of these sort of fairly mundane things sometimes where I just found like, oh, this is... He was just showing me how individually I was learning, like, how he spoke to me. Um, And sort of off the back of that... It's it's a bit embarrassing, but I'm going to do it anyway. I... I wrote a book, yeah, which is basically, it's called Connected, God's Quiet Voice in a World That Shouts. Um, And it's actually, I've written a playbook recently, which is like the practical accompaniment of this. And it's basically a book that I wrote that I sort of wish someone had written for me um, back in, you know, my early years, because it was like, this is all the stuff that I would have loved to have known. Um, And it's basically, how how can you hear for, for God for yourself, um, in your own personal, unique way. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. As a, that's one of the fruit of all of that time. Um, I have one copy of each. I would love to give it to someone in this room uh, if you'd like it. Does anyone have a birthday in August? Put your hands up. Uh, if you, does anyone have a birthday on August 18th, which is my birthday? How old's your little brother? Okay, I'll, I'll give this to you, okay. Can I just say, like, that book, and it's not big enough our foot very much here, that book, the yellow book, Connected, um, the first one I've got at home, it is an amazing book, okay? If this, like, obviously you're in the room because you're interested in this topic. If you've never read a book about hearing from God... That is the book to buy about hearing from God. It's brilliant. And not only that, it's, it's pretty. It's got loads of pretty pictures in it. You can scribble in it and doodle in it. But it's really practical. It's loads of Anna's stories. And it's really practical and giving you little nuggets of little challenges of why don't you try this? Why don't you go and do this? It's really, really good. So I can't big it up enough. I think it's fantastic. Did you finish? Um, am I okay with the microphone? Yeah, just one thing. 
Um, throughout what we're talking about, I'd just like to sort of um, bring questions for you to ask yourself um, or to take back to your um, youth leaders. And one of them is, for, for, I am absolutely convinced that the Holy Spirit in everything that I'm saying is key to you hearing from God. And so if you feel like, I don't know if I um, have been filled with the Holy Spirit, been baptized, baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, I would probably say, you know it when it has happened. Um, so please do either come and talk to one of, well, there's going to be a ministry team at the end, isn't there? Um, we, can, we can pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit at the end. Absolutely love to do that. Or just go back to your team and sort of um, tell them that, and they can sort of unpack it a bit more if you want it to be unpacked a bit more, um, and they, they can pray for you. But I really, really, really would encourage you, to, if you don't know that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, Pray that prayer, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's really important. Okay, so we've heard a little bit about you from the age of eight, hearing from God your sentence, and then over your journey, you've been hearing from God for other people. Um, and that's what everyone in the room wants to hear about, is about how do we hear from God. So what is the, like, the most important thing that you want everyone here in the room to understand about hearing from God? What's the one most important thing? It's about relationship. Um, you know, I'm a scientist. I like scientific formulas. It's not a scientific formula. It's not a mathematical formula. It's not a biological formula, except that it's a relationship. Um, and I think that's so, so, so important because I think some people like stress about it. Like if I, if I read another book, do read my book, but you know, if, if I only sort of do this one thing or whatever, um, then maybe I will hear from God. The, the most important thing for you to know is just this is about a relationship. A father who wants to speak to um, their son or daughter. And it's as simple as that. If you want to grow in hearing from God, then just invest in your relationship. Um, and it's not like an app you can just add on to your phone where you can flick it open whenever you feel like it. Um, or it's some kind of, I don't know, instruction sheet or whatever it's it's about a relationship it's about a friendship um and that is just so key i think um yeah and um, presumably like are there certain things that happen in that relationship like is the bible like a pivotal thing for you in you talked about the bible wanting to devour it and finding it really exciting is that really important for you in your relationship with god how how much importance do you place on reading the bible a lot. Um, no, I think the 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 Bible is absolutely absolutely vital, um, and I would highly recommend that you read it as often as um, you possibly can. So I read it every day. I, you know, Jesus said, "Man does not live by bread alone, but by every mouth that comes out of uh, the Word of God." Something like that. <laughs> Sorry if I paraphrase that. You get the point. But the, it's, it's God's word. Um, and so just as I need to have breakfast every day, um, I need to eat from scripture every day. Um, and I do, I do that first thing in the morning because I think it's more important than breakfast. Um, and I, I genuinely feed off of God's word, his inspired word. Um, and Jesus placed enormous value on studying scripture, quoting scripture, living by scripture. So, so must we. So I'd say, one, you know, yes, 
love it, love it the way that Jesus did, and he really cherished it. Um, a second reason why I would say, you know, oh, and I, I find it's really helpful for accountability. Like I've got something like um, a, an app where I do it every morning with someone else or three other people, actually. And so we're all reading through scripture together, and that just helps me to sort of keep accountable to, to doing it. So I, w- I would encourage you, you know, if you need a bit of motivation, do it with other people because um, that will help you keep you going and keep you consistent in that um second reason why i think it's really important is because it's like um our the ruler with which we measure everything against we test every word from other people in our heads we test it against scripture and god's voice will never contradict scripture and that's really um such a beautiful thing because we know that there will never be this this conflict um so it keeps us safe it keeps other people safe because we've got god's word there to sort of um to guide us with his truth that he's already spoken um so i think that's another reason um yeah, and, and when you have voices in your head, you can be like, okay, well, I know the character of God. I know that he's like this and this and this. Does this sound like um, God's voice? Does this reflect his character? And it just, you know, we get to know Jesus more. And I, I honestly see it as like his journal, as it's, it's kind of, it shows his history. It shows his, you know, love poetry. It's, it, you know, and I wouldn't it be amazing to read like Jesus's journal. Well, I think this is kind of it to use it in some kind of way. Um, it, it just tells us all about who Jesus is and we get to know him and grow in our relationship through it. And then the final thing is, um, you know, it, uh, we, we read, you know, be, transport, uh, treat, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Um, and as a neuroscientist, I know that the more you have certain thoughts, the stronger the connections between the neurons um, and um, the pathways that form those thoughts just become sort of um, stronger and stronger. And the less you have a thought, they, they break down, they become weaker. Um, and, and in doing these, as we read scripture and as we meditate on scripture and have these repeated thoughts that are Christ's mind, we are actually rewiring our brain. So this is a manual for brain surgery. Well, scripture is. Um, it, it's actually meditating on scripture physically affects our brain. Um, fun fact, did you know that if you have good thoughts, positive thoughts, it releases good, happy hormones in your brain. And when you have bad thoughts, negative thoughts, it actually causes brain damage in your brain. It releases chemicals that are harmful to your brain. And so we're actually giving ourselves good health in our brain by reading scripture, having these positive God thoughts, having the mind of Christ by reading uh, the Bible. So yes, read your Bible. The answer to mental health problems right there. Read the Bible. Okay, wow. So, besides the Bible, so God speaks through the Bible, evidently. And I know through reading your book that there are loads of other ways that God has spoken to you, not just directly from sitting reading the Bible. So, can you tell us some of the other ways that God speaks? Yes. Um, I'll tell you a few stories. I like stories, so I'll try and sort of tell you stories to illustrate this. Um, Basically, it's, it's... as I said before, the Holy Spirit is the one we need in order to grow in our relationship with God, to get to know him better, to have the mind of Christ. We read scripture with the Holy Spirit who brings it alive to us. And so really, the Holy Spirit, as we walk with him, as we're full and being filled with him in an ongoing way, he's the one who can use anything to 
speak to us because it's like having a constant companion and just as you you walk with a friend who might want to comment on anything around you or say you know here's here's that memory I want to tell you about this memory or that song or whatever it's the Holy Spirit can use anything to speak to you and I think that is a big big myth buster I want to say is like when God speaks to you it's not like angels appear in heaven and there's claps of thunder and it's like ah you know, it's um, it's often a very quiet voice because it's your, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to you um, in a way that you could probably, a lot of the time, dismiss it as your own voice. So I'll give you a few examples of the variety in which um, the Holy Spirit can speak and use um, different things around you. Um, a while ago, I was at school, my kid's school, um, and I have a friend um I'll keep her anonymous. She's a very beautiful friend. She's a very petite friend. She's very interested in her fashion. Um, she's actually a yoga instructor. She's not a Christian. Um, and um, we, she's got a son. And on this one particular occasion, she lost her son on the school ground. He's very, very young. Um, and she, she just lost it. Right, so she she was you know normally this very peaceful um, person, and then all of a sudden she realised I haven't seen my son. I don't know where my son is. Um, this is this is making me really nervous. Um, and at the same time, the school had received um, emails from someone who said who's threatening to go and drive cars into the school children and to sort of harm them. Um, and so not nice emails about sort of don't lose your children, keep an eye on your children. We've had these kind of emails. Um, so she's remembering this and she's lost her son. She can't find her son. So everyone is like looking for the son and no one can find the son. Totally, totally disappeared. And in front of me, I could see her go from this really petite, beautifully presented, um, peaceful woman to this wild, wild mama like she threw off her shoes and she like was hyperventilating in this very distressed manner and was screaming out at the top of her voice the name of her son like absolutely she was crying she was literally pulling out her hair out of this total utter distress of the fact she couldn't find her son and she was you know at one point just sobbing and just was um you know, just hugely, hugely distressed. And I said, I, 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 I would sort of say she went kind of primal in, in her behavior, just running wildly. Um, and so I said, you know, I will go and look for your son, ran around. And eventually I, I found, um, I found her son and I brought him back to her. Um, and, you know, we just all held one another really um, deeply as she was just literally heaving, heaving with this sort of absolute broken heart and just red face and just had so distressed but so joyful that she'd found her son. And in that moment, I felt God say, tell her that this is how I feel about her. Um, and it wrecked my heart. It wrecked my heart because I realized this is, this is like, this is how God feels about 
his lost children. This is how he feels about his children who's turned away from him. He's like this wild mother, this primal woman who's sort of had her child ripped from her and he will not stop looking until he finds her. And it just, I went home and I just cried for the rest of the day because I'd never sort of fully understood the depth and wildness and hot pursuit, the sort of relentlessness of God's love for his um, lost children. Um, And so that was like an experience where God spoke to me through something that I saw to communicate a truth to me. Um, And so he was speaking to me through emotions, but also in this experience. Um, And it changed me completely. Um, And I just want to say to you that if, if if you aren't, if you're a lost child, if you feel like, I don't know who God is, I don't know God as my father, or I once did and I've turned my back on him forever, away, this, this is who the father is towards you. He is searching after you. He is longing. He's this wild, sobbing, heart-wrenched, loving father who is calling out for you relentlessly. And so my encouragement to you is like come back to him come to him and say you know I want to be found by you I'm yours so that's that's um that was one um experience that sort of really um affected me um another one um was actually one of my sons um we were in our room and sort of just sort of practicing hearing from God uh for ourselves um and um I said, you know, let's just have a time of listening to God and see what he says. Um, And uh, one of my sons sort of said, I feel like he's pointed out this um, water bottle that was hanging from the bottom of his, or the top of his bunk bed. And it was hanging at an angle, so the water was at an angle. Um, And I said, well, do you know what that means? And he said, no, I don't know what that means. And I said, well, I don't know what that means, so why don't you go and ask God what that means? Um, And so... um, he said, yeah, I will, I will, I'll do that. And the next day he said, oh, mummy, I think I know what that means. Um, and he said, I think God is saying to me that the fact that it's not completely balanced is okay and that nothing bad is going to happen. And I said, oh, tell me a bit more about what you mean by that. And then he started to describe some behaviors um, that he was doing once I put him to bed that I didn't know about. Sort of if he put his head to the right, he had to do it on the left and everything had to be even. Um, and um, they were sort of behaviours that were, um, I guess, controlling him a little bit. And um, he felt like he had to do them and he didn't want to do them, but he was doing them. Um, and and God was saying to him, it's okay, you don't have to do them, nothing bad will happen if you don't do them. And for me, that was such a beautiful thing because it was like, I didn't even know this about my son. And God was saying, your son hears my voice. I'm looking after your son. And as a result of this, he was sort of set free from these these behaviors that weren't helpful for him. So I just want to say, if, if, if this story is connected with you, um, you know, we'd love to pray for you at the end. Um, if you, you feel like you've got any fear-driven behaviors, anything that you're doing in sort of a place of hiddenness that you know you want to be set free from, that, you know, aren't God's heart, you know, we'd love to pray for you at the end um, because that is Jesus' heart, isn't he? He doesn't want you to live in a life of hiddenness or fear. He wants you to live a life of freedom. Um, 
So that's, that's an experience where my son got spoken to. He was, I think, six at the time, and he just saw something, and God was speaking, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to him through a water bottle. Um, then uh, pictures, that's another thing. Pictures in your mind, imagination. I, at the beginning of, I think it was... Right at the end of, actually, 2019, I had, um, there's my journal over here. You're probably not going to be able to see it. In it is a really bad drawing of a tide wave. Um, and um, I just felt God show me a picture of a tidal wave. Um, and it was like this tidal wave was coming in. It, it was huge. And in tidal waves, it sort of re- removes or shakes everything that's not grounded and secure. Um, and so I just wrote at the, begin- at the end of 2019, a tidal wave is coming and it's going to be huge and it's going to shake everything. Um, and also throughout 2019 as well, strange things happened where it was just really odd. Like one day I was walking along the road and a deer, broad daylight, a deer crossed the road. And I've never, ever, ever seen that before happen. And they just wouldn't do that in that particular place at that particular time of day. It's really dangerous. And in that moment, I just felt God say, expect the unexpected. And weird things like that happened throughout 2019, expect the unexpected, where it's just odd. And then the pandemic happened. And this tidal wave of, you know, coronavirus came and hit. And it was expect the unexpected. So at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. But I kind of was like, ah, this is what, you know, God's talking about um, in terms of unexpected things. I also think that that tidal wave represents God's, power that he's that there's 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 the negative tidal wave the the coronavirus but also that he's coming in a huge 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 tidal wave form and he is going to do something unlike we've ever experienced before so i'm excited about that um do I have more time to sort of give a few more examples um i'm a scientist um so uh, like god wants has spoken to me through like a science experiment which i'll try and keep really simple and quick um if you bounce a golf ball it will go a certain height but if you stack a golf ball on top of a basketball on top of a tennis ball and then you bounce the three of them the golf ball will go 800 percent of what the height of what it can do um by itself um and it's it's sort of the combined energy of all of the balls sort of propels it up there upwards and I felt like God spoke to me through this stacked ball drop experiment that that was something that God was going to do in this generation that you know we are like the golf ball being propelled we will see something um, that none of our previous generations have ever seen before and it's it's off the back of all of the prayers of people who've gone before that it's going to be like this cumulative effect and we're going to we're going to see the Holy Spirit move in a way that is is like this um golf ball being propelled upwards. So I'm excited about that. Don't know about you. Um, bring it on. Hope, hope to see that in my lifetime. Believe I will. Um, I'll give you three more brief brief ones, really keeping it brief. Um, recently, someone gave me a prophetic word, and it was all about, um, you know, a tiger. Like, God wants to give you a voice, and um, it was all based on a tiger. I won't go into it. Um, and... <laughs> One of the things was, you know, uh, God, God, wants to, it, God wants people to hear your voice. You've got to speak out. You've got to not be quiet about your voice. Um, uh, he wants you to roar. I know that's kind of like a cliche thing a bit in, you know, Christian circles, you know, roar. But the funny thing was, the back of my um, phone has got tigers all over it. And my son had been learning um, 
drums and the song that we'd all been singing as he'd been learning it was, you know, Katy Perry's Eye of the Tiger, You're Gonna Hear Me Roar. So I'd been like singing this out really loudly, you're gonna hear me. I won't do it now. Um, but it was just like sort of God's way of sort of saying, yes, this is from me. And, you know, um, I know you like tigers and you know you've been listening that to that song because I've heard you listen, sing that song. Um, and it was just a confirmation, really, of um, the fact that he was speaking because of the tiger thing. So that's God speaking to someone. And she said, oh, that's really funny because when I was praying for you, that was the song that came into my head that made me think that God was trying to speak to me. So she heard the song that I'd been singing and shared it, sort of God's, God's words for me, off the back of the song. So God can speak to you through songs if you want that. Um, I think also sometimes God can give you single words that pop into your head. Um, so it could be pictures through your imagination, songs, all of these things, single words. Uh, recently, um, I was at a kind of conferency type thing and this girl came up to me and I'd been writing in my journal. My, my history is um, my grandmother's from Switzerland. So I was just feeling like God was saying, you know, Switzerland is not, there's, there's something about your, your connection with Switzerland that I, I want to sort of reconnect you with. Um, and so I just wrote in my journal, like, God, I, I think you're saying that somehow Switzerland is important for me in my life. Um, I don't know if this is just you or if it's me. If this is you, then can you confirm it somehow? Um, or if it's just me, then I'll just ignore this um, thing about Switzerland. Anyway, about an hour and a half after I wrote that in my diary, a 12-year-old girl came up to me and said, um, with her mum, said, um, her mum actually said, she thinks that she's got something for you. Um, she's a bit nervous about sharing it with you because uh, there's only one word. Um, and I said, oh, well, that's fine. Um, and she, she said, I don't know what it means. So I said, that's fine. If it's from God, one word's enough, right? And I'll know what it means. And that one word was Switzerland. So that was like, again, that's, that's, she didn't know what that meant. That's just one word that popped into her mind. But it's hugely significant for me. Um, so that was just, you know, one word can be really powerful. And, you know, it might float in your mind. You have no idea what it's about. So... Okay, final story um, for now. So we've had songs, imagination, experiences, things you see, basically anything, right? Anything. Um, I was once looking at the BBC News um, and um, read a news article about a uh, the most expensive tuna fish that had ever been sold, right? And I just thought, this is really weird. Like, it's a fish, and it was like, sold for like two million dollars or something ridiculous and at that time I just thought this is ridiculous it's a tuna fish I mean what on earth um but I felt like God say I'm gonna bring a really expensive tuna really precious and expensive tuna into your life so I was like right no idea what on earth that means um three weeks later um my, I had a play date with someone who was quite new to the school and um, I said, you know, come over, let's connect with the mother who's a Muslim, uh, you know, let's get to know each other, um, you know, and, you know, we had a lovely time. And at the end of this, we exchanged details and I said, oh, you know, what's your name and what, you know, how can I connect with you on social media and that kind of thing. Anyway, when I looked there, her surname was Tuna. 
Um, and we've, she's such a huge, this is like three years on from there, um, such a precious friend to me, such a valuable person. And it's like God knows like about our friendships. He knows about putting people in our lives that are going to matter to us, that are going to be significant to us. Um, and he can use whatever he wants. So he used a tuna fish um, to speak to me in a BBC news report. So basically anything. God can speak to the Bible. He can speak through anything. Long way to answer your question. I love the stories. I could sit and listen to the stories all day, so it's fine. Um, okay, so there's, so there's loads of different ways God speaks to you. I'm very aware that people listening are probably thinking, what? <laughs> this is all really random. <laughs> like, you could miss some of these things very easily. Like, say, what's the process? Like, because some people here might be thinking, oh, hang on a minute, that's how God speaks. So I think I hear from God. So what do they do with it when they think it's from God? Well, they hear something at random. What do they do? What's the process? Um, so because it's a relational thing and it's not a formula, basically, and I think it's Brian who mentioned it yesterday, you have conversations. Like if I said sort of something to you like Switzerland, like you'd expect me to sort of like elaborate on that. So I think, um, you know, in, in scripture, you've got that wonderful, I think it's Exodus 3, where um, you've got Moses and he's walking along and he sees this burning bush. And he's like, ooh, that's very interesting. Um, and then God doesn't sort of end up speaking to him about, see my burning bush, look at its twigs, look at its leaves, look at the fire. It's like, it's his way of getting his attention. Um, and then... Then it says, and then so Moses approached the burning bush. And once he approached the burning bush, then God started to say, take off your sandals for the ground you're standing on is holy. And then started to speak to him um, in more detail about what he wanted to sort of share with Moses. So I would say, you know, often what happens is something will grab my attention. Um, and it's, that's just it. It's just an attention grabber. It's just the way of getting me to sort of ask questions and listen to God um, and then I just say okay God what is what is this about like I don't understand what is a tuna fish about like this is really really bizarre like am I hearing from you or is this not so um, and then through that sort of question asking process um, I sort of feel like I get down to the heart of what he is saying so it's a bit like if I gave you a present or like a parcel parcel present I would sometimes you need to get through layers before you get to the gift itself um so I think because God's heart is to always bring us closer to him and strengthen that relationship with him and reveal more about who he is and his nature and his voice um he's he's slow about that often um and it that can take time so I remember once um my children weren't watching Transformers at the time but I was praying for someone and this um Optimus Prime from the Transformers came into my mind and I just thought this is really weird I don't know what this is about um, you know, God help me understand. Um, and I think it was the, the following day. And at the time, I was just like, well, I don't know what this is about. So I'm just going to shelve that. The following day, um, it just happened that my children ended up listening to um, the cartoon version of Optimus uh, of, of Transformers. And Optimus Prime, the voice of that was someone who was um, in a program called Taken. Um, and I knew that in that program, it's all about human trafficking. And um, and then I was like, God, it, 
is actually what you're talking to me about human trafficking that this person is going to be involved like in helping um human trafficking um and so through this question asking conversation process i ended up sharing this thing that was all about like human trafficking and when i shared it with the person they said oh this is the second or third time we've had this particular word on this so um i would like to say at this point my husband is very different to me. I enjoy this kind of interaction where I'm like, ooh, where is this going? Kind of the mystery involved. Daniel's very straightforward. He's like, you know, I want God to speak to me plainly and simply and directly. So God knows what you like and what you don't like. And he will use the language um, that he knows you love. So if you want it straightforward, he will, he will make it plain. But I love this kind of like, you know, where's this leading me type thing? Um, so, yeah, he, he speaks to us all in different ways. But basically, conversation, relationship, the process is simply ask, keep on asking, listen, listen well, keep on asking questions, um, record it all down. Um, yeah, that makes sense? Okay, so I'm guessing there's lots of people in the room who want to grow in this. They want to hear from God more, be able to tell other people things that God said to them. Like, so... What bit of advice would you give to people here to grow in this and to go on a journey with this? Uh, hopefully this won't come as a surprise. Um, invest in your relationship with God. Just spend more time with him. Make him a priority. Um, and, you know, prize him. He is to be enjoyed and delighted in. And, you know, he's, he's our constant companion. So invest in your relationship with God. Um, absolutely definitely i i keep a journal so i think it's it's good sort of you will be getting it right sometimes and you'll be getting it wrong sometimes so keep a track of what you are feeling like god is saying and then like i've made so many mistakes i've made big mistakes um but my mistakes in hearing from god have been really really valuable to me because they've taught me okay um that's not how God speaks or you know sometimes I get carried away with signs and ooh, this means this and you know um and so I've had to learn to sort of be careful about that um but sort of keeping track of what you feel like God is saying and learning through your mistakes um and constantly asking questions and sort of giving God um space to speak to you um and listen I think is just key as well so just learning Learning, keeping track. Fab. I do think the writing thing down thing is really important. That's one of my little tricks too. Write everything down. Because some things that are random, are like really random, days, weeks later are not so random. So, um, Okay, so what do you think is like the biggest obstacle in this generation to hearing from God? Is there anything that stands out as like, actually, if we could nail this, it would really help us? I'm going to use a visual aid. Can you put this on for me? Earmuffs. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to take that long. Um, imagine that these are headphones. Yeah, and you've got your phone. They might. They. They might be age four year olds. So have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Okay. Okay, you might. Can you hear me enough? Yeah. Okay. Look at your phone. Go on Instagram or something, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, you can stop now. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. So Russell was calling out your name. Um, so I would say, in a, in a not that loud voice, but the point is, I think that um, distraction and lack of focus are two things that I think, in, and I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else, um, are big hindrance to hearing from God. If we're constantly listening to other voices, music and um, podcasts and all of these things are not necessarily bad in themselves but if we're constantly glued to our phone and um, involved in social media in other ways um, it's you know if God is like waving to us or trying to get like showing us a burning bush equivalent and we're on our phone the whole time or he's trying to speak to us in a whisper and we're drowning him out through other things, then it's going to be harder for us to hear from God because we've got all of these other things that are sort of drowning him out. And God doesn't like to shout. Um, he wants to have a, you know, a relationship where he's talking to us and often he speaks in a quiet voice because he wants us to come close to him. And so that would be my thing is just eliminate distraction as much as possible and to try and keep focused on him um, as much as possible. So I um, I frequently try and have little phone fasts and things like that to sort of recalibrate myself to to God. Brian touched on that yesterday, talk, talked about reclaiming the first hour of your day, getting rid of all elements of windows, which are screens, phones, iPads, whatever, TVs, for the first hour of your day. Um, and hearing from God to then go out into your day with the words of Jesus, which I thought was pretty, pretty helpful. Okay, Anna, we've reached the end of our interview questions, but um, would you like to pray for these guys, or would you like to do... Yeah, we're, we're going to go. We're going to do a bit of an activity with you guys, if you're up for it. We thought it'd be good to practice hearing from God. Don't be scared. You're in a safe place. Over to Anna. Okay, really, really simply... Um, if you can, get into groups of, what do you think, four, five, something like that? Four or five, whatever sort of naturally looks like it's going to be like that. Um, nominate someone in your group or get someone to nominate themselves. And then just have a practice um, listening to God for them. Um, no pressure at all, but just... Um, you know, all of the things I talked about, a word, a picture, through your imagination, an experience, songs, anything like that. Just see what um, comes to you. Um, also, hobbies. Like, I know people who, you know, they have a certain hobby and God speaks to them through that hobby all the time. And they think that's really weird. But it's, you know, God knows, you know, the language to speak to you. So if you just do that, we're just going to have, should we just give them five minutes and then pray and at the end of that? Yeah. Just to say on this, what someone's taught me that I find really helpful is sometimes you'll hear something that is to you is completely random. Don't then try and put legs on it yourself unless God has literally gone, like given you a picture of a fish and then said, oh, this is why I'm giving you a picture of a fish. If, they, if he hasn't said why he's giving you a picture of a fish, don't try and go, oh, well, I think it's because a fish is in the sea and da 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 Like, don't do that. 
because you have no idea what God is trying to communicate. It might just be that the fish is enough for the person. Do you see what I mean? So don't try and put legs on something unless God really gives you a definite, like, practical application of what, what the picture is. So let's stand up in our groups. Get active. It's always good. Um, pick your person. And then the way I think it's best to do it is just to be quiet for, like, a minute. Okay, pray in for that person for a minute. And then it might take that one person to be brave in your group to go, actually, I think God might have said this. It's okay to say, I think God has said this. You don't have to go, this says the Lord. Duh, duh, duh. Okay, go for it. Okay, if you could bring your things to a close, that would be great. If you haven't shared and you've got something to share for your person, try and remember it and at the end you can share it. Um, we just wanted to finish by doing something else. But if, if anyone, has anyone received any word or something from somebody just now in the last few minutes? Put your hand up if God's spoken to you. Cool. How cool is that? Only took like literally a few minutes. And if you have no idea what those things mean, if you've been like someone said, I think God says this, and you're thinking, what? Hold on to it. Go and write it down. Hold on to it and pray into it and say, God, what are you trying to say to me? You might know straight away, but you might not know. But over the course of New Day, somebody else might say something to you. Say, God says this. And you might be like, oh, that's weird. Someone, someone, you know, you need to press into these things. If it, just because it doesn't make sense right now doesn't mean that it's not from God. So hold on to it and treasure it and pray into it. Okay, while you're standing, Anna would like to just share a final story. I know we're running a tad late, so if you really need to go, feel free to go. We just want to share one final story and pray for you off the back of it. So here we go. Um, yeah, so keep standing and I will pray. It's um, a story that happened to me during lockdown. Um, I was listening, since this is, this is the height of lockdown, when you could only have one period of exercise. You remember that? It was awful, awful days. One period of exercise was just mad outside. Um, so I was watching this woman on YouTube who I really respect. She's got a strong track record, a prophetic voice. Um, and she was just doing um, a talk. Um, and in it, she said, um, I really feel like actually one of the tactics of Satan is that there's been the spirit of silence that he has sort of released over his over, uh, people, Christians, to, to keep them silent from not speaking up, from not speaking out. Um, and so she just said, you know, in, in terms of evangelism, in terms of, you know, prophetic words, all of that kind of thing. And I thought, well, this is interesting. I don't know what this is about, but that's interesting. She said, I'm just going to pray. This is all on YouTube. I'm just going to pray for people where you, you know, if you, if you are in any way being oppressed by this spirit of silence, that, you know, the spirit of silence goes. I was like, okay, this is interesting. You know, I'm an elder's wife. Obviously, I'm not affected by this kind of thing. You know, I'm excluded. So that was my attitude, wrong. So she prayed this very powerful prayer. Um, and when she did it, something left me. I, I yawned something and something left. It was very surprising. It wasn't very dramatic in some ways. But afterwards, um, I felt very different. Like I felt like something had gone. Uh, I felt like I wanted to go and tell Jesus, uh, everyone about Jesus in a way that I hadn't had before. I wanted to share God's words with people in a way that I hadn't had before. Um, and it's very strange because I was like, where did this spirit of silence come from? I had no idea. I couldn't pinpoint one particular moment. Um, and um, just felt it was very, very significant for me. The next day, really interestingly, given that we have no contact 
with anyone at this particular point. My uh, throat came out with these white ulcers all over it, red and white, very, very, very sore, so much so that I couldn't speak. Um, and I felt like this was like um, like a demonic retaliation, an attack of sort of like not being happy with the fact that it was had to go. Um, and so I just sort of rebuked it in Jesus' name, and I said, you know, no, I have no place here, get out. And um, the next morning, completely gone, completely solved. No one else in my family got that, so it wasn't a contagious thing at all. Um, no one gave it to me. I wasn't in contact with anyone. So I felt like this was God sort of highlighting to me that this was a spiritual thing that had taken place. Um, so I want to pray for you guys because you guys are the voices for this, this world, this generation. God wants to use you to share who Jesus is with other people. He wants to you to listen to his voice and share those words with other people. Um, so I want to pray that over you right now, if that's okay. Father God, thank you that we are your children and that you speak to your children. We are your sheep. You are the shepherd Jesus and the sheep know your voice. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would come and move in a powerful way, that you would fill each and every person here with your power, with your presence that you would loosen up their vocal cords, that you would give them a loud voice to speak your words wherever they go. I pray that you would open their eyes to see you in a way that they've never seen you before. Open their ears to hear your words in a way that they've never heard you before. Would you give them opportunities to share you? And I pray that you would demonstrate your presence and your power through them. Would you do extraordinary signs and miracles and wonders through the people here? Would you give them a voice, Father? And we just speak against the spirit of silence. In the name of Jesus, if you are oppressing anyone here, we command that you leave right now. And just bless you, everyone here, in the name of Jesus, with the words of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus, with the hands and the feet of Jesus, that wherever you go, you would be ambassadors, that you would represent him to the world around you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Anna. Can we give Anna a round of applause? Um, So throughout... This interview, Anna's spoken on loads of, touched on loads of different things and particularly highlighted about being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you know you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, that is really key in your relationship with Jesus and in hearing from God. Um, so please hang around if that's you and we would love to pray for you. Um, we also touched on the story about her son with the H2O water bottle. Um, so if that's if that spoke to you about sort of controlling behaviours, sort of almost superstitious behaviours, things you have to do... Um, and you would like prayer into that, please hang around. Um, or anything else, the spirit of silence thing, if you just want to, you really want to hear from God and you're just, it's doing your head in that you're, this journey like isn't happening for you and you want prayer from Anna particularly or from the team, hang around for that. We're willing to pray for you. But otherwise, it's lunchtime. Enjoy your lunch. Thank you, guys. <laughs>